Thank you for having me. As you know, I'm Lizzie, and uh, it is a joy for me to be with all you lovely ladies that normally I rush through and say, hi, 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 it's so nice to actually join with you all and worship with you. Isn't that just a wonderful thing about being a child of God, to be part of his family? Let us pray. Father God, thank you so much for this wonderful morning. Thank you for the glorious sunshine. And most of all, thank you that you are here amongst us. Would you open our ears to hear what you would say to us this morning? And I pray that you will meet with each and every one of us just at that point where we might be needing it, whether we realize it or not. So I commit every word and every minute to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I am under very strict instructions because there is a vicar's lunch today, so <laughs> I've got to try and be very uh, you know, concise. Okay, let's see what the Lord is saying. As you know, we've been looking at over quite a few weeks serving and the different things. I know Christina recently spoke to us about serving versus calling, which was great. Thank you for that. And I know we've listened to uh, Rachel and Linda talking about prison fellowship, the way they serve there, and the ladies from Flourish. There is, I mean, we could fill hours and hours of time, couldn't we, listening to all of you and all of the ways that you serve. I know, because looking out there, I can see so many serving hearts sitting there. But today, we're going to really focus on serving with joy. And as I started praying this over many weeks ago with the Lord, I realized... Um, I don't serve with joy all the time, or I don't start out serving with joy all the time. And uh, we are going to use Colossians 3, 23-24 kind of as our verse for today, if you like. And m many of you, I'm sure, the, uh, if you've worked in the kitchen at all and helped out in there, you'll notice that it's, it's a verse that we have on our paperwork because uh, I wanted to encourage you all, because sometimes the menial tasks are really menial, and they're a bit boring, and they're a bit tedious, but they're so important. So the question today, what does serving with joy look like? It's probably a bit different for all of us. But to begin our journey, let's start by answering the question, where does joy come from? And how do we get it? So, where does joy come from? I think if we, if, if we were going back several years, 40 years or so, and I asked you all to put your hands up if you know the answer, where does joy come from? Jesus. It comes from Jesus. It comes from God, as Amy said. Only in God is there fullness of joy. Only in God is there fullness 
of joy, you won't find true, deep-rooted joy every day. Joy in anything else? No, you won't. You won't find it anywhere else. You will only find it in God, the Father, and Jesus, his Son, and having the Holy Spirit in you, which you've all got. So how do we get it? My next question. We get it from the fruit of the Spirit. We have his Holy Spirit as Christians. And the gift that we're given through that is the fruit. Singular. Why? Because love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are one thing. I've arrowed joy because that's what we're particularly looking at today. We might not always express all of those things all of the time because we're human and life is hard and we fall short sometimes, but isn't it why we have the grace of God as well? So how do we get joy? If we look at Galatians 5, which we are looking at, if we move to the next slide, I had to put this on. What a fantastic picture. I love that picture. So we are thinking about today that the fruit of the Spirit is joy. He gives every one of his children, all of us, the fruit, all of it, of the Spirit. It's his gift to us. So why do you think God gives us the fruit of the Spirit? Well, because we need them. These nine attributes come together in a Christian's life to reflect the complete picture of the character of Christ. What do we want to do more than anything else? We want to reflect Christ, don't we? Yes, we do. Um, and why? Why? Because we want to glorify God. And in doing that, we want to be used to glorify God. While we are still on the fruit, we can't love others without love. We are called to be peacemakers. How do we do that if we haven't got any peace? <laughs> uh, kindness and goodness. Patience. How can we even be a friend to someone if we don't have those things? Aren't it, I mean, this is a magnificent gift, right? Because that's what we have inside us to tap into and hopefully to ooze out of us because we want to love and serve like Christ did. Would you agree? Amen. 
Let's do not worry. I was worried for a second. It was mine. <laughs> That's <laughs> so let's look at Nehemiah. In Nehemiah, uh, oh, Nehemiah, have, have I gone out of sync? Yeah, Nehemiah. It's uh, number five, Anna, or Daniel. Oh dear, I've gone out of sync. That often happens with me. I do apologize. But Nehemiah 8, verse 10 says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what makes us strong. God gives us joy. True inner joy comes from God and him alone. Just as Amy shared earlier, I actually thought, oh, the Lord's letting me off this morning. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> you said it all. No, that was wonderful because we need to share our personal trials and tribulations because it encourages others when they see that your joy is there, your peace is there, your kindness and your goodness and your patience is there. Right, let's not digress. And we know that this is ours forever. Oh, isn't that wonderful? It's forever. Forever. Now, I thought we'd look at the definition of joy uh, in 2023's Oxford Dictionary. Great disappointment to me. A feeling of happiness. <laughs> the synonym is delight. So I thought, oh, it'd be more exciting if I look at the ancient Hebrew and Greek translation. All I could find on Google was great happiness. So I thought, no, I'm not satisfied with that one. That doesn't describe joy for me. <laughs> Excuse me. So I looked at the dictionary in 1828, and I was far more satisfied I wouldn't say it was completely accurate for joy in the Lord, but it certainly was a much better um, definition. Let's read it. The passion or emotion excited by the acquisition or expectation of good, that excitement of pleasurable feelings which is caused by success, good fortune, the gratification of desire or some good possessed or by rational prospect of possessing what we love or desire, gladness, exultation, exhilaration of the spirit. I thought, well done. That at least gives me something. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> and my thinking is that we probably understood joy more then to be able to do that in the dictionary. Joy is not necessarily the absence of suffering. It isn't. But it is the presence of God. It is. Joy is not a brief time of happiness, which is normally created by external pleasures, success, events, people, possessions. The list is endless. That's external. That's what I'd maybe class as times of happiness, moments of joyity 
Is that a word? <laughs> so, what is joy for us? It is, if we could just skip back a slide, actually, that would be helpful. It is a rational prospect of possessing what we love and desire. Well, I don't know about you. I love and desire Jesus and God. I desire to make it to the end of that race and meet him in glory. (laughs) Doesn't that give you joy? So I feel for us as humans, I've found a kind of a definition there. Joy, a rational prospect of possessing what we love or desire. Come on, Lizzie. Right. Ah, Why? Well, I've just explained why that rational prospect is so exciting. It's all tied up in knowing our salvation, right? Because what was bought at such a great price? It was Jesus when he he gave his last breath on that cross for us, for our sin. And knowing God's promise of eternal life with him. Where there's no more sorrow and no more pain and no more tears. Just joy. So, why are we then not falling over ourselves with joy all the time when we're going about our daily lives? And, and, well, we don't externally always go around jumping around. Well, some of us do, but... uh, (laughs) Bring it on, I'd love to do that all the time. So, uh, PowerPoint 8, hopefully, it's the grin. Is this what joy looks like? <laughs> it, I, I don't think it looks like that. A lot of the time, it looks like this. <laughs> oh, another kids group, or... Oh, making all that coffee again. Or, I love this person that I'm supposed to be having coffee with, but actually, oh, there's so much to do at home. That's life, right? So, being servant-hearted will bring great joy, and joy will bring a great desire to serve. It's a bit like the chicken and the egg, but we don't always look like this. Let's very quickly look at three points to consider when we're thinking about serving with joy. First, who do we serve? It's a really simple question. Who do we serve? We serve God and others. There is a pecking order, and that's okay. You want to keep your joy? Keep the pecking order. God, your family, 
church, basically. Could uh, do another talk on that sometime. We serve God and we serve others. Colossians 3, 23 verse 24 says, Whatever you do, work it with all your heart as if working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Every part of ourselves should be longing to serve him. Whether at home, whether at work, whether you've nipped into town, whether you're volunteering, whatever you're doing. Um, one of the ways I really try to serve my husband is to listen. He needs that when he comes in from work and wants to tell me about every single skip job that he's done and the tight spaces he's managed to squeeze it into and managed not to knock down this, that and the other. But he needs that. That's one way I can serve. Oh. So understanding why we serve is really helpful as well. So let's just have a quick look at that. Well, the answer is right here in God's Word, in the Bible. Matthew 25, 40 says, in fact, it's Jesus who says, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. That's why we serve. Let's go on to the next one. Why do we serve? Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Let's never forget that. And he gave his life as a ransom for many. Why do we serve? Because Jesus served us first. So... Why do we serve? Because we have got this amazing truth that we need to be sharing with other people. That's why we serve. And it's about humbling ourselves just as Christ did. God humbled himself for us. In Philippians 2 verse 8 it says, And being found in appearance as man... He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. And we're told by Jesus in Matthew 23, verse 12, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. I've always found that, um, woo, that's, that's quite heavy. Live our lives in a state of humility. How do we do that? Don't put yourself first. Put others and their needs before your own. Because we know one of the commandments is love your neighbor as yourself. That means everybody. 
and we're reminded through Acts and Romans. They give an incredible picture of Paul, everything that he endured and the suffering he went through. He was in chains, he was rotting, he was in prison, he was helpless and in total discomfort. And yet, he boasts of his suffering purely to bring glory to God. And Paul oozes joy throughout all those trials and tribulations. And to me, and for everyone, this is huge because we all have to go through suffering. We all have dreadful things going on in our lives. Um, So Paul says, however I consider my life worth nothing to me, I only aim to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So we can remember the words the Lord said himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So why do we serve? Because Jesus modeled it. He modeled it so that we can do the same. He modeled it because it glorifies him, it glorifies God, and it pours out his love and grace on others. And that, my friends, is where you will find joy. True joy. True, deep-rooted joy. It can't be found living for ourselves for ourselves. Oneself, I've written. Oh, that's very good English. Oneself. Yes, it can't be found living in oneself. It is found by giving oneself to others. So why do I not always feel overjoyed? Let's very quickly to finish look at this. I thought, well, there's a recipe There's a recipe for this, Um, a recipe that we can follow every day. We don't always feel overjoyed about serving because we're human. And, well, you know, there's life. We've looked at that a little bit. But there is a recipe. The first ingredient, have a large bowl of daily quiet time every day and open the word of God open your Bibles it is so important it will root everything and it changes the way your day starts and I know we sometimes have to fit it in around other things and maybe you'll be a nighttime person but fit it in that big bowl of Bible. We need a coating of prayer throughout every single day. Pray, 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 always pray. Pray with your friends, pray in your head while you're driving, while you're doing, while you're pray with your children. Pray with, pray because we're supposed to bring everything to the Lord. 
It's okay to park, uh, to pray for your parking space. It's okay to say, Lord, I, do you know, I get really stressed at the moment. It's really traumatic going shopping because everything's so expensive. Lord, please just help me to be focused, efficient, and not spend too much money. And he's there in it with me. We need lashings, lashings of praise and thanksgiving. Always, in all circumstances, give praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. Always. And do you know what? It's really hard when you're feeling dreadful. When your heart is in pain, your body is suffering, your, everything feels like it's falling apart. But we all have got it in us to say, thank you, Lord. And once those words are out of your mouth, you will find yourself praising and thanking. And oh, there'll be more. And, oh, and then you're going to notice in your daily life, in every day, all those wonderful blessings that we can continue thanking for. We need lashings of that, ladies. And finally... Chunks of mixed sizes as we serve others. Because sometimes it might be committing to Alpha for three months. That's quite a big chunk. And often it's little chips. Because uh, for whatever we are doing, I mean, crumbs, there's so much, isn't there, that we serve and that we can serve during and to finish, let's just remember that there is a thief that will want to come and rob and kill and destroy. And Jesus said, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's in John 10, verse 10. So, we want to have a chance at having that joy all the time. Well, it's not about even chance, is it? It's there inside us. We just need to recognize it. And I'm not trying to uh, turn down or belittle the trials that we have in life. I know Caroline and I often have a weep when things are tough. I hope you don't mind me saying this. We do. We have a little weep and a little moan. And then we give it to God. What do you think we're doing then? We're laughing, aren't we, usually? I love Caroline's laugh. How could you not feel joy when you hear a laugh? It's wonderful. So, we need all those ingredients every day. And my friends... That is where you will find joy.